You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, on ESPN Radio. We'll get to headliner questions momentarily, but as always, we like to tell you, and we like to thank our great sponsors, uh, Dr. Birch, Birch Orthodontics, sponsoring this hour, as she has, the Ride and Die Orthodontist for some time now, and we love her, and we want to tell you about her because her and her staff are the best in the business, and if your kids need braces or you yourself need braces, you shouldn't go anywhere else if you're in Tallahassee than to Birch Orthodontics. That's the place for you. Trust us. Our kids went there, and um, they're doing quite well. Bryce just had a checkup recently, and he was praised by Dr. Birch. So turns Ooh. out, turns out, He's actually wearing his rubber bands more frequently than he lets on. I found that out because I was giving him a hard time. I said, you're going to get yelled at today when you go. And he goes, Dad, I've been putting them on at night. Ooh, I said, okay, there we Bryce. go. There we go, Bryce. That's the way to step up. And she, she rewarded him by noting that it looks a lot better and he's doing great. So everything's going well. He's a comeback player of the year at Birch Orthodontics. That's yeah, big, dude. man. Good turnaround dude, that's there. Yeah. Uh, Birchorthodontics.com is the website. Our, my kids went there also. Uh, I was just the other day admiring – the smiles. That's the cool thing about this. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You'll mm. you'll uh, be impressed and amazed at how good your kids' smiles look after they get the customer service. They have payment plans. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that it's cheap, but th- they have payment plans. They'll work with you, and it's well worth it. Great customer service. Great orthodontic care. Birchorthodontics.com is the website. Set up your free consultation today. I tried to get a free consultation for Brady when he was in town a you, couple weeks ago, but try, he didn't call, come to my house. You called them at like Thursday afternoon and they're like closed Friday or something. I don't even think I even tried to call. I just thought you'd hear us on the show and be like, you know what? I got to reach out to Corey and see what his address is and I'll come over and look at Brady. But it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Big Smooth writes, any of you guys have a gauge yet on who the better recruiters on this staff are or uh, still with a wait-and-see approach, approach? Hope you guys had a great holiday weekend. How, Thanks, much, is, how much a difference does uh, Randy Shannon make, you think? He helps. I don't think he's been a huge part of most of these. There's There might be one or so that they he's been a, a, a real part okay. of. Now, he's he's involved with some of the guys that they're still recruiting. You know, the Wesley Besaint is a linebacker from down there. Um, there's, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. would probably help. Um, you know, there's some of those guys in South Florida that they're in on, but, um, but I don't think he's been a huge part of it so far. Really the, so far, I mean, Alex Atkins has been the, the, I would say the MVP. Um, I mean, he's, he's done tremendously well. Uh, you know, I think, uh, Marcus Woodson has done really well since he's been here. Kenny Dillingham, I think has done really well. Um, and that's not to say other guys haven't. But it's just of the guys that they that committed have committed so far, it's been a lot of those guys that that they're recruiting. It was a it was a it was a nice one. I mean, Odell's obviously always involved, and then getting that linebacker, um, uh, they've had you know they've had some success with a linebacker, which is big because Chris Marv didn't they didn't really sign that they, they signed a few linebackers last season, but they were not low they were lower level guys, and and a couple of them are going to end up being defensive ends anyway, so they weren't really his position. Um, but getting like Omar Graham uh, and, and some of the other linebackers that they're involved with is, is really good because people are starting to wonder, is Chris Marv that kind of line, recruiter? Because he coached at Vanderbilt. He was briefly right. at Mississippi State. But uh, I think that was a good sign too. I feel like Coach Atkins, every time I look up, is doing good things, man. But I, yeah. I don't want to say that somebody is or is not, you know, uh, across the board, a good or bad recruiter just yet. This is the first time we've seen them be able to really get after it. And I think collectively they did an amazing job. That sounds like a PR answer. But honestly, when you saw and you monitored all of these visits and how and the hours that they were putting in, I think they, they had a plan. They stuck with the plan. They executed the plan. And you know, Coach Norbell gets a lot of credit for that because, man, he attacked that thing with a lot of zeal. You could tell. I mean, he, he, he knew they have to – well, look, if you're a head football coach and you look out there and you don't see a bunch of guys that are bigger, stronger, faster, you got to find them. And so you, you're seeing that effort, I think, collectively to get much better talent in here. So far it's paying and, off. So kudos to yeah, all those guys. And the one thing I was going to say is – and I, I, I probably do this all the time because I just take him for granted because he's a recruiting coordinator. But David Johnson has been tremendous. I mean, they've gotten so many kids – the kids that got out of Louisiana already, but there's other kids they're involved with. Um, and he's just and, – and running backs that they're involved with as well. Uh, he's an awesome recruiter. Um, and there's a reason why Tennessee fought to keep him when he was there. He was on you know Norvell's staff before. Uh, so they've got several good recruiters, you know, to Jeff's your point. I'm not, I'm not saying anybody else isn't doing well, but those are the guys that I think that have stood out so far just because of those are the ones whose players at their positions that they've gotten commitments from. Was that a Facebook question? That was a Facebook question. Okay, good. Well, just because in the prompt, I said you'd read them first. Oh, there you go. Brandon writes, Tyler Holt's hire will reportedly mark the first time Boston College has had two full-time assistant baseball coaches. What can be done by the new ACC commissioner to ensure ACC schools are actually investing in sports and trying to be competitive at an ACC-worthy level? Is that true? That was, it was definitely, it was definitely put out there. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't call to verify, but people were definitely saying that. Yeah. Kendall, Kendall, Rod, Kendall Rogers put that out there right. on Twitter. That's where that came from. So yeah, I think you, uh, I mean, there, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, what can't, can he make them like, look, you have to fill these stat You have to fill your staff. You have to try. I feel like the commissioner can do something like that, but I don't know what resources he would have to make Boston. If Boston college just said flat out, no, we just want one coach. 
We don't need to. Quick, get out or what could he do? Like cancel their season? Like I don't know what he could do punitive punitively. That's a word, I'm sure. Um to, to make sure they do it. But yeah, that's that's nuts. That's nuts that so many of these schools don't try it, so many different sports. I don't think, yeah, I don't know if there's necessarily a formal process, but I do think you can put pressure on them. And and I think you're going to see that. Maybe take a lacrosse coach away. Maybe <laughs> tell them you're going to take a lacrosse coach away if they don't hire you another You stop baseball. with your blaspheme in this Sorry. show. Get it together. Sorry. What is wrong with you? We're talking about the ACC. This is the king of lacrosse. Marlon writes, welcome back, boys. Yay, sausage. Well, it's clear that Mike Norvell can recruit and will continue to do it, do so. Uh, but I'm with Corey. Uh, when and why can't he coach this team to eight wins in the ACC? It's not that hard to do considering our conference. Your thoughts? Oh, you mean this year, Marlon? Okay. Eight wins in the ACC this year? I think he's saying eight wins as an ACC team. Like, not eight ACC wins, but just why, if you're playing an ACC schedule in the. Well, like I said, NC State's done it three out of the last four years. Dave Dorn's done it at NC State. Norvell, it should not take him to move heaven and earth to win eight games at Florida State. The this year, the schedule yeah, is a the, little dicier. The, you know, the only thing is, I would say is, I think he his he inherited a better situation. I think when he got there, and then he he had been in place. When you look at this three or four year window, like his program was already in place at that point, I believe. So you're you're judging yeah. him on yeah. his established program versus Norvell beginning. Yeah, he would have gone there. He's been there since thirteen, I guess, right? Because he took over after the he left before the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that, that sounds right. So that it's clown a, was like, so, oh, Jordan Lynch didn't say that. So that's a mature program. Yeah, you're right. Is, is, this is not. But 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 overall, yeah, I mean, I agree. Eight oh, wins not, is not a, a high bar. It's just no. for this particular right. year. Yeah. That's correct. No, I was going to say, I mean, it, they are very different situations. There was stability at NC State, uh, and there is lately, certainly. Uh, this is a very unstable situation. You had to gut the roster, and you revamp and, and, and move forward. I, I think you will win eight games, not this year. Uh, I think you will the following year. Uh, but, I, I, you know, look, if you look at that schedule, we do this every show, but it's kind of fun to do. We'll do it again here. They're going to be underdogs against Notre Dame. They'll be underdogs at Wake Forest. Uh, they'll be favorites over Louisville and Syracuse at home. They'll be underdogs on the road against North Carolina, favorited at home against UMass. They'll be underdogs, significant underdogs against Clemson. I think they'll – I don't know what NC State will look like as of November the 6th, but as we sit here today, that's a pick em. Maybe NC State's favored by two. They're underdogs against Miami. It's a pick them on the road against Boston College, and they're underdogs against Florida. They're underdogs in the vast majority of these games we're talking about. You can't find eight games that they're supposed to win. And going back to you know the top ten, which we the top forty that we did for Warchant.com that people can find on the site, the top 10, seven of the top ten players on our top forty that we all voted on along with Gene and Aslan are transfers. And all so the top se- five. All the top five and seven of the top ten. So that gives you an idea of what they've had to do here and just trying to turn around this yeah. program from where they were. And it's and that's why you have to judge them that way. I think. Andrew, Andrew Wright, sorry. Happy happy July, chaps. Corey, deep breaths. I don't know if you've noticed, but Max Verstappen has won three races in a row. Old Max could be the Max Van Burr to your precious Hamilton's run. Now, <laughs> uh, well done. Now on to FSU Cruton. I know many in our fan base were miffed by both Brian Kelly and Manny Diaz's quote-unquote recent shots, but I chuckled each time because they both know that if this train gets moving, like in the early 2010s, it's bad news for everybody else. Think about it. If Kane Madden came down to Notre Dame and let's say West Virginia, Kelly doesn't make that slight, does he? 
He knows he has to keep FSU in the hole. And Manny, well, we all know what's going on there. It's like Adam Gase trying to justify his football existence. Um, okay, so I Well, actually, first things first. I don't know what's going on with Lewis Hamilton, but, but I am now genuinely concerned. He does okay. not go three, four races in a row without winning. I don't know what's going on with that team. And I'll find out next year on that Netflix show when they air all this stuff behind the scenes. I don't watch a second of Formula One. I'm waiting for it all to be uh, to see it on the Netflix show next year. But I'm genuinely worried. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, back to football. The uh, maybe they're part of that. maybe they're maybe they're trying to create some drama. Maybe sandbagging a little bit. Oh, oh okay. Maybe, Netflix maybe, paid him a little yeah. off. Hey, why don't you finish third this race? <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. I agree with Andrew. I chuckled both times that I read. What those was the quotes. what did Manny what did Manny say? I didn't see. I saw he, the Brian Kelly one about it was, uh, it we it don't was, need fake cars. Fake momentum. They're trying to create fake momentum at a time where it doesn't did, really matter. He didn't say it specifically about Florida State, just like Brian Kelly didn't. It was they were asking about his own right. class, and he was they were you know why you know you you only have a few guys where some other schools have more. And he's like, we're not really worried about fake momentum in, in the summer and blah, blah, And then people turn that into him taking shots at Florida State, which whatever. I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, I'm with Jeff for sure and, and the, the writer. I mean, it's who cares? And they'd only be talking about you if you're concerning to them. Right. You know, that is if, correct. If you're not on the radar at all, they're not talking about you. And that's when you got a problem. There's no doubt that Brian Kelly was taking a shot at Florida State. And there's no doubt in my mind that Manny Diaz was too. And that's fine. That shows genuine concern because he's right. If this beast gets rolling, we know what it is. It's a national championship caliber program. When it's rolling, when they're operating, as I like to say, at peak efficiency. Now, there are ways from that. But if you see any glimmer that that horizon is it's a possibility that it's out there, uh, you get nervous if you're an opposing coach. Now, I don't know. If you're Notre Dame, like you'd really worry about it. You're not even in the ACC, but well, and the, everybody and the, else. I mean, the Brian Kelly one's dumb because it's not like it's not like Mike Norvell got that slingshot vehicle to impress a, a, a grad transfer offensive lineman. That's a totally different recruiting process. It's more about you know just creating some buzz with the 17 and 18 year olds who are coming, the the you know freshmen. So it's it's a shot, but it's a dumb shot. It doesn't even apply. It's not like Norvell. The only reason that kid even saw that vehicle was because he came when recruiting opened up and Norvell got it for Midnight Madness with all the high school kids. So anyway, it was just a dumb the whole Have you thing guys been able to take a ride on it yet? Have you have you <laughs> no. gone in that thing yet? No. Maybe Corey can uh see if he can borrow it Friday night. Like ask That would be a bad idea. Car. And go up drive up to recess, get my bathing <laughs> suit on, go up to the top, get it dive in the pool and tell tell everybody where my car is. That super clean pool. <laughs> Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Butch writes, cheers, boys. Major League Baseball's enforcement of the sticky stuff has been less than spectacular so far. Would you guys happen to know if the NCAA enforces similar types of illegal substances in college baseball? Or is it a free-for-all for college pitchers to use? At the College World Series, I saw a few pitches with some crazy movement, and it got me thinking. Love your work. That's from Butch. Um, well, thanks, I, I, Butch. The base, yeah, thanks, Butch. The baseball is a little different in college, though, isn't it? It's it a, is. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, it's a different – which is – I mean, yeah. can't we just make one baseball? Like, shouldn't just there yeah. be a baseball for every uh, – after you get well, past think, age nine, shouldn't all the baseballs be the same? I agree. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if part of it's because of the the bats difference, but but anyway, the um, yeah. What's weird is how that thing kind of like was like hidden in plain sight for so long. 
Yeah. Like well, all these teams are doing it. And nobody's really talking about it. And all of a sudden it just breaks. And now we're checking well, guys every game. Like those managers didn't know it was happening. No, well, but the their guys were did. doing it too. Yeah, their guys were yeah. doing it too. So they didn't do, want to bother with it. But also baseball is always behind in this regard. They don't even enforce the rules on the books. That rule has been on the books for a hundred years. The spitball was outlawed 85 years ago. They, they, they've been talking about this forever, and they just never did anything about it until all of a sudden the spin rates got to be so out of control where nobody could make solid contact, and the yeah. scores are ending two to nothing. So then they're like, well, now everybody's fleeing our sport. It's already inherently sort of boring, but now nobody can get a, uh, get a hit. We're, we're going to have to figure something out here. Yeah. They're doing the right thing, but they went off half-cocked. They don't even know how to implement this. So you've got guys dropping trowel in the middle of the mound. You've got people, you know, getting angry about what's happening because there was no plan. They should have done this in the offseason or announced that this is it, guys. You better enjoy what you can because starting next year, uniformity across the board, you can't do it. You can have sweat and rosin. That's all you got. But well, I've got to assume college baseball, I mean, it, there's got to be kids doing something, oh, right? I mean, 100%. Come on. you look at there's, the, no, I mean, there's no over, overlooked. There, there's nobody overlooking that at all. Well, or like look at, you know, looking at it. To see if anybody's doing it. I don't think any any kid all year was checked for a sticky substance on the mound at college baseball game. No, and you look at the movement on the. I mean, you know, some of these guys. I mean, it's really, they almost look unhittable. Some of the guys yeah. that are pitching in college baseball. What's funny to me is when the when the steroid era was happening, the overt steroid era with Bonds and McGuire and all those guys. Like the everybody treated it was like the pitchers were just not even discussed as part of that. When we know a lot of them were cheating as well. Sure, and it's like. And a lot of them had this indignation about what the hitters were doing. And it's like, man, you guys will cheat to no end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, they're in, I get it, man. There's a lot of money at play and they're all, you know, guys are extending careers and doing all these other things, but, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bad deal. Um, I mean, it's the worst. I mean, I don't know, man, baseball. Yeah. There's just a lot, there's a lot of bad stuff right now with baseball. Yeah, but I do think that this is headed in the right direction. Batting averages across the league have gone up on average 11 points. Uh, the scores are increasing. You're seeing more hits per game. Pirates uh, scored 11 the, runs in one game. The Pirates did. I mean, the, what is going yeah, on? Again, it's against the Braves, but still. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a big day. But I, you're starting to see that the product is improving because the ball's being put in play more often. And that, there's yeah. tangible evidence yeah. of that. There's statistical evidence of that. So that, they're doing the right thing. They just went about it the wrong way. And you've got to give pitchers a chance to adapt. A lot of these guys complain that they're – look, they'll say, listen, I get it. You know, Our numbers aren't going to look as good because guys are going to make better contact when we're not using all of this other stuff. But if it's universal, I can live with that. The, the problem is if you make us do it in the middle of the year, some of us have never thrown a pitch that didn't have a substance on it, and we're going to hurt somebody. And we're going to have to – you know, in the case of Tyler Glass now – he says he hurt himself because he was gripping the ball harder than he's ever gripped the ball and, you know, and acting his forearm muscles in ways that he never had before because he was worried he was going to – and he throws 100 miles per hour. He's worried he was going to take somebody's head off. Their, their thought is, like, give us an offseason to prepare and learn how to throw a baseball again with only using sweat and rosin. Uh, just shut up, millionaire, and pitch. Try not to kill anyone. <laughs> uh, Jason writes, with some uncertainty – whether Raekwon Gray and Balsa Kuprovicha will get drafted. Is there any possibility they could decide to come back? Is there even any room if they wanted to come back? I think the deadline just passed, didn't it? I think so. Uh, I think or, today, as we're talking. Is it today? The yeah. Yeah, there, uh, the Hunter Dickinson kid announced he was going back to Michigan. So okay. I, that, was, that was today. So I think the deadline is today. 
Um, you know, I think Raekwon played well enough that he went to the real combine. Boston was at the uh, like G League combine. And I think Raekwon played well enough there that he should be drafted. Yeah. I don't know if he's a first rounder, but he should be drafted. Balsa sounded like he just wanted to go get start getting paid somewhere. Yeah. It's fun. He just wanted to go overseas somewhere and get paid, even if he's not in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, his like we've talked about before, his father played overseas. He's he's from overseas. It's not like that's going to be a big adjustment to him to go play. I mean, you can play in a lot of countries and make a lot of money and not be in the NBA. So I don't think he's coming back. Is there is a little bit there's still room. Leonard could make it happen. But I don't think that's in the plans. Travis writes, honestly, I would like an hour of Cameron talking about the Tallahassee International Airport, but nothing mm. he says can be bleeped out. I share the exact same feelings. Hashtag sorry, Corey. Why sorry, that's, Corey? I don't know. I don't know. That's not my airport. I don't, I'm, I don't have any uh, – I love Hartsfield. Atlanta has one of the better airports in the world. Well, the busiest anyway. So it's very busy. Very busy. Uh, welcome back, fellas. Since it's list season, give me your consensus top three most hated players from the University of Florida and Miami and or players you wished would have been Knowles. Well, I wish Andre Johnson had been a Knoll um, from Miami. Uh, I wish, well, frankly. Ed Reed? Uh, Ed I Reed liked Ed awesome. Reed. I did. I liked Ed Reed. Um, golly, who else did I like? Oh, uh, Dan Morgan, the linebacker from Miami. I loved mm. him. He was a hell of a football player. Uh, I would have said Dan Morgan. I think for Florida, uh, there's a, well, I'll, I'll give you, let's see, uh, Wilbur Marshall. I wish he'd come to Florida State. Wilbur oh, Marshall old, was a beast. Little old school. Old school. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm not fooling around you. here. I'm not fooling around here. Worth, maybe a little Collinsworth uh, possession. No, 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 no. Wilbur Marshall, for sure. I loved him. I loved him as a pro. He was a beast of a football player. Um, How about Eric Rett? No, because he played with the Bucks forever, and he averaged two yards a carry, and I hated I think it. it was, I think it was a cool uh, three yards a carry. Yeah. It, it was It was embarrassing. It was just uh, – I mean, tough guy. Yeah, I'm sure he was a nice guy. Um, well, I've gotten to, I've gotten to kind of know Jacquez Green, so I guess I'd say Quezzy. Could have played here, but uh, then then the only other guy that I would say is uh, probably would have been pretty cool if Emmett Smith played at Florida State. He's a pretty good football player. Yeah, they had Sammy. Didn't need him. They had another yeah. Smith. Didn't need him. Had Dexter Carter. <laughs> for guys you would, for guys you hated. Um, yeah. Oh, Aaron, guys, I hated it. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez, and not just because of what he ended up being, but he was pretty hateable even when he was there. Like even yes. before you knew all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a good one. Uh, he's he's one. Uh, I'm sure some people are say, screaming Tebow um, because he was he was easily dislikable while he was oh, there. Very, very, yeah. So yeah, those, um, are my, those are my two off the top of my head. Urban Meyer. Miami, Mi- Miami's got 150 off the top of my head hateable players. Like almost everybody that ever played there is very hateable. Yeah. So I mean, we can go on and on. Kellen Winslow Jr. would top the list of uh, least likable people to ever play football anywhere in any country. Ah, that's the best one. That's a really good mm-hmm. one. Yeah, Thank for you. multiple reasons. That's the best yeah. one. Yeah, yep, good one. I win. You can't top that. You can't <laughs> top that. Good one. Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Travis writes, which happens first? FSU football playing in an ACC championship game, FSU basketball making another Elite Eight run, or FSU baseball making the College World Series? We get this one a lot, guys. Yeah, like or or some similarity, uh, similar similarly worded question. By the way, have speak. you made the switch to Twitter yet? 
Are we still no, on God, no. No, I'm all on Facebook. Oh, no, 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 no. We got some good Twitter <laughs> ones coming. He'll do God that. He'll there. do that after we uh, after we extol the virtues of Horizons Bar and Grill. Good I point, Corey. Good point. Say, when I take a right hand turn to Twitter, it'll be brought to you by our friends at Horizons Bar and Grill. <laughs> I was just about to go there, but Ira and his antsiness. Let's answer that question, though. Uh, I would say I always think basketball and baseball right now are pretty even as far as like getting to the final eight. They both have about the. I mean, it's hard to get to the elite eight in in college basketball. Really hard. It's also hard to get to college world series. But I think both of them, if they go on who, runs, can get there. Who? Who? Basketball and baseball. Yeah, both get to the think, final eight. I think basketball's in a better position for that. Than yeah, baseball. but I mean, Flor- the baseball team was three wins away. Like, it's not like they were. I know they weren't good this year, but they, you know, they, they if they if Nander DeSantis doesn't do that crazy throw. There's a very good chance they get to the super regionals and they just have to win twice. And winning two games in baseball, it when you have uh, you know, what Messick is one of your pitchers, isn't that hard to do. That's all I mean. One 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 program has been in the top ten consistently the last two years. The other one is not. So I'm gonna say basketball is ahead. I would say basketball is most likely. Um, then baseball, then football. Jason on Twitter writes mm. Twitter. As brought to you by Horizons Bar and Grill. When was the last time you were there? I haven't been Uh, there in a minute. About eight, nine days ago. Okay. All right. All right. I went and got my – I always get – yeah, it was a week ago Saturday, Corey. It was a week ago Saturday. So I I went there and had uh, what I – well, I got food to go as I want want to do. Uh, And I I got those fish tacos that I love, those shrimp tacos that I love so much. They're delicious. They were delicious. That was, a whole, that was a whole family excursion, wasn't it? Or you, you picked up for the whole family, right? I picked up for the family. They had to stay back here. Uh, I told them it might take a few minutes. They were a little backed up in the kitchen so I could have a ice cold beer and watch the end of the golf. Well, but that's the thing. I one, think when one? people just, yeah, just, just one, one beer, just one beer, just the taste, just for it hits your lips. People probably yeah. think, oh, he got a whole meal for his family. He's probably getting this huge discount and he's doing it for free. No, no, no not at all. That's, that's how much you like that food. That's you're not you're not just rolling I'm in there because it's price, Corey. <laughs> but I, I'm saying Jeff Cameron paying full price for this food. Can that's you how good. It? What what is a better <laughs> advertisement than that? That's what I'm saying. You it, yeah. the food is so good, legitimately, it's so and good. I'll reach my cheap ass hands into this yeah. wallet and pay for it. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. uh, it, it's a really cool restaurant too. It's not just to go. It's not fast food. You can get there and no, enjoy no, your time. I'm not saying anybody place. has to leave. I'm, no, yeah. I'm not saying. So yeah. it's, a, it's really, really good food. It's restaurant uh, quality food. Not just restaurant quality food. It's, it's restaurant food. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it, Bannerman Crossing, which is up on, off Thomasville Road, northeast side of town, uh, Bannerman Road, back there in that nice shopping center. Spend some time, walk around, enjoy it with your uh, family, and uh, enjoy the great food at uh Horizons. Horizons. And Horizons. Tell, them it. Yeah. tell them yeah. that, uh, Jeff Cameron sent you, and you get yep. uh, free shrimp tacos. Free shrimp tacos eat. and two free Cigar City highlights. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's what a great deal. deal. Is that the deal of the century? <laughs> not, not true. That's that's amazing. Jason writes, how far down the rabbit hole will the Tamori and Terry story go? Will anyone other than Matt Baker care? And how much mud will stick to FSU? If this story is true, the nickname Scary Terry takes on a whole new meaning. Well, Jason, I'll just say this. I don't know that anybody's talking about this story other than the day that it came out. And it I don't know, guys, did it surprise you as much as it did me? I'm not saying that I knew Tamori and Terry well as a man. I, did, I, I didn't. I've interviewed him several times, but I don't know who he is. Um, but 
the fact that it happened in 2018, I would have thought that I would have, and maybe I was in the dark here, heard something about this or a rumor of something. I never caught wind of any of this. Did you guys? We we had heard something about it, but for the, our understanding was that there was a some sort of a you know there was a bar fight type a thing. Big fight, right? Somebody, yeah. yeah, there were some sh- shots where somebody fired shots, but I didn't know anybody died in it. And my understanding was that Tamarian has always said he didn't have a gun or he wasn't there. You know, he didn't do any shooting of guns. When the indictment came out last week, or well, just over a week ago, and it was reported last week, uh, they indicted eleven people. One person was shot and killed, and and it's. it's the charge is felony murder. So either they think all of those people shot guns or they're not sure who did, but as far as digging into it, I, I really don't think it's something that's going to reflect too much on Florida state. It didn't happen. in at FSU, um, we don't have any indication that anybody at FSU knew anything about it. So, I mean, whether there's digging into it, I don't know. I, my, my guess in the state of newspapers today, there's not going to be a whole lot of digging into it. And that was a Jimbo recruit also um, yeah. should be noted there that that was a Jimbo Fisher recruit. Can't hang that on Norvell or even Willie for right. that matter. Um, Ryan, and if you're wondering, his- if you're wondering why Tamari and Terry didn't play in 2017, even though walk-ons were running post routes, well, this happened after that. So this had no bearing on that anyway. So that's still a mystery. Uh, fellas, is there any truth to the rumor that Milton's firm, quote unquote, has a 2K an hour appearance fee? Do you think the lines will be shorter at fan day if people have to bring their wallets along with the gear that they want signed? <laughs> yeah. So that, that, yeah, that company, him and uh, De'Ara King set up, they have like players. It's almost like, kind of like cameo to a degree, but instead of just a video thing, they'll actually do appearances and they, they each set their own hourly rate and him and a couple other guys set like $2,000. The one kid, that quarterback, the corral kid, I think set up for $10,000 I don't know if it's just their way of like saying we don't want to do this, but if you want to give us a ton of money, we will. I don't think they. I can't imagine a lot of people are lining up to pay those guys two thousand dollars for an hour. It takes years to get to that point, Ira. You know, when I'm speaking to the local clubs around Tallahassee, I charge seventeen thousand dollars for an hour. That's, that's right, but I've man. been doing this for twenty-one years, yeah. McKenzie. So you know, you've got to earn your keep, guys. That's just the way it is. Two thousand dollars. Like, will he do whatever you want for the hour? Hey, now. Not. You know what I mean? I mean, like, if, if <laughs> will, will he can, will he beatbox to your kids? Can dance. Will, Dance, McKenzie. Yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah. You, you play, you start thing, playing yeah. the, the, yeah. But like, I, does he just sit there and talk? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, more power to him. I hope he gets some money from. Him. I hope they all do. Scott writes, Corey and the Silver Foxes. A mm. lot is being, a lot is being on message boards uh, said about how small this team looks. Can you gentlemen confirm this? And is it a function of recruiting? COVID impact on last year's strength and conditioning. Should we be worried that Storms isn't the guy or wait until we see them in the fall? Well, I think they're small. I've said they're small, but they've had to kind of flip this roster and, and they didn't have a spring last year and they didn't have a normal year last year. So I think all of it adds up uh, to, to being a bit of a problem. You know, when you've got something to work with as in an elite level athlete, when they arrive on campus, that means to say you have a bunch of five-star kids like Alabama gets every year. Uh, they tend to get bigger, stronger, faster, sooner because they're better athletes and they're already impressive when they walk on campus. When you're bringing in guys that are less impressive, it takes more time to get them to look more impressive. And I think it all adds up to this roster not being overwhelming when you see them on the hoof, as they said. There's definitely truth to that. There's no question. And this this year in the strength program is going to help. 
I also think a million people went to the message boards and social media after the spring game talking about that. And I really, really think it was those helmets that some of the guys were wearing where they the oversized helmets. It made some guys' look, bodies look smaller. So I like think a it's, caricature. It's, like a caricature. Yeah, it really did, like the kazoo or whatever. I mean, so there's <laughs> part, of, part of it's that, but yeah, part of it is they are smaller. Um, Joshua writes, if we get to eight wins, how quickly would Mike get a raise? He is making less than Willie was, but is already far more valuable. Well, I yeah, think, I think he'd get a bump a little bit. It's it's not maybe the best climate right now to give a bunch of raises uh, after what everybody went through the last year and a half. But yeah, if he if he wins eight games and finishes with a top five, six recruiting class, they'll, they'll probably bump him up a little, I would think. They did with if, Jimbo. If I had to bet, the bigger concern in the short term is going to be and it, a lot of that, all that's going to depend on if he gets approached by other schools, because that's generally what drives that up. But, but the bigger concern to me is some of these assistant coaches who we talked about earlier who are doing really, really well in recruiting. You know, if 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 the secondary plays well, and it's November, December, you're not going to want to see Marcus Woodson leave with Travis Hunter still out there waiting to sign. Some of these linemen, if the line plays well, you're not going to see want to see Alex Atkins getting a lot of offers with that class he's trying to bring in. So that's that's the more immediate concern is if they turn things around in a couple of areas, you don't want to lose those assistant coaches because they're vital in those signing classes. Why don't they start? They could make their own money on their NIL too. Why isn't Alex Atkins doing commercials at, at restaurants and doing appearance fees? <laughs> or paying us. Yeah, Alex, man, for real. We what are will... we doing? Come on, Alex, we're going to – Expand your profile, buddy. We all think you're doing a tremendous job. You just got to float the gentleman at Seminole Headlines a few thousand dollars each week. And next year, you'll be doing uh, commercials for Amazon. Yeah, you may be the or face Tesla. of Tesla. You'll be driving yeah. a Tesla. Just give yeah. us a chance. Uh, Preston writes, have any of you ever name dropped to get something or get into an event? And if so, did you feel sleazy about it? I ask this because after eating the best meal of my life at Horizons, I told them that Corey told me it would be free. It was not. It was not, but was worth every penny and a hefty tip for that ass. Mm, nice, oh nice. Well, that's weird. I guess the message didn't get back to the servers. They keep trying, guys. It to the other employees. Keep, yeah, keep trying, guys. Eventually somebody will be like, oh, all right. Yeah, you might want to know. State you might, you might you, Corey's name before you order. No, 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 right afterwards. Like, all right, what is this bill? I was told yeah, I was told this was free. I know Corey Clark. Uh, Corey Clark sent me. Preston, next time you go, I think the way this works is you get the bill, and then where you would write in the money, you just write Ooh. Corey Clark. Yeah. And you give it back to them. And they are like, oh, oh, it's CC. Got it. No problem. Yeah. Have a good one, buddy. But I would still suggest <laughs> you leave a few ones on the table. Leave a tip. Yeah, out. leave a tip yeah, for do, sure. Do something. Yeah. Uh, Revenge Tour 2022 writes, here is the statement followed by the question. Y'all have been clear about the lack of talent and expectations. Also, have expressed your excitement about what the transfers could bring. Average the thoughts. Just give me one number of wins. Okay. Six and a half. <laughs> That's my average. That's my average uh, of those. I'm going to go seven. My answer is seven wins, Nathan. I like seven. that. I'll go, I'll go seven, too. I'll go seven. Corey? Yeah, I did it. Six and a half. Next question. How many wins, Corey? Well, round up. I'll go seven as well. Okay, thank you. Patrick writes, air drums or air guitar? The best song for either, in your opinions. I'm more of an air drums guy if I do it at all. And um, 
golly, that's a that's tough. You know, if well, air drums, air drums, I'm gonna go with uh in the air, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, everybody that's does just that. That's like that. I want one that's like nine minutes. I want something that's nine minutes and you're just having you're exhausted at the end. Just some Neil, going so like a rush song. I was gonna say some Neil yeah. Perry. Yeah. Some Neil Peart or Keith Moon, you can just go yeah, crazy. Just go yeah, crazy. I like it. Nine I don't minutes. Know, I've never been a huge air guitar guy. I'm an air mm-hmm. bass guy. I just kind of, I, like I, I just Use a little, fingers. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of. You jump around bob, like flea. No, yeah. I bob my head just a little bit, and I don't. I might get. What am I going to be doing this all the time on an air guitar? No, I just do air bass. Also, the drop at the beginning of "Smells Like Teen Spirit" uh, is really good if you're doing air drums. Oh yeah, yeah, All right. What happened with Corey learning to golf? Did any combination of you three ever play around together? Can we get this scheduled? I'd love to hear about it and the scores while FSU Sports News is quiet. That's from Bush League Better. So what we're gonna do? I've already come up with the, the there's there's a there's a YouTube group that I watch the Barstool Golf Guys where they have a really terrible golfer who's trying to break a hundred, and I'm gonna do that this fall. When I'm in town, I'm gonna get somebody to teach me lessons. We're gonna film it. We're gonna put it on our war chant right after the Mike Norvell press conference. We're gonna put <laughs> Corey Clark's golf yeah. lessons, and we're gonna we're gonna go through it together and see if I can break a hundred because I am terrible. And I hate the sport. I'm not good at any of it. I thought I could putt. I can't putt either. I'm terrible. Can, can we can we place wagers now? You don't think I can break a hundred, Ira? I, not only do I think you can't break a hundred, but I also don't think you'll continue it. I think you'll stop because you'll get so mad and embarrassed. Well, in so all I, the comments, I may the... I may do a parlay. <laughs> I, I'll go out and golf with you, Corey. I, I'd I'd love to, buddy. I mean, we we all met up. The three of us did. Yeah. We went over there yeah. to a place that shall be remain nameless, unless they want to advertise in the near future. But we used their golf simulator and had fun there. Yeah, and you saw what I was working with. Yeah, you don't have much of a golf swing, Corey. No, but, you know it's you don't try very hard either. Well, I was going to say, what's combination? What's What's <laughs> interesting about Corey? The the difference between his approach in golf and and tennis. So in golf. He told us that he started swing. He for a while he was just swinging like controlled irons, trying to keep it in the middle of the fairway, yeah. going shorter distances. Not no fairway woods, nothing like right. that. So okay, but then in tennis, tennis in tennis, Corey tries to hit winners on every shot. It doesn't matter oh, he's where going it for is. Broke. I know yeah. one speed. I know one speed. But it's weird that you take the different approach in each sport. Different sports, Ira. What just because they're country club elite? Yes, mostly Caucasian are. sports. You <laughs> compare them. You compare them together. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, no golf. I just I hate it. I hate it. I'm terrible at it. I would love to be awesome at it, though. I would love to be awesome at it. it would be neat to be like a a 15 handicap. Just 15, I know that's not awesome, but just you to be a 15 get, handicap would be awesome. great. You can get to be a 15 handicap, Corey, but you do have to play. You do have yeah. to try. And I'm going to film it. Austin will come out there, or Aslan will come out there and film my sessions, edit it up, and we'll put it on YouTube. Listen, what, here's the thing. The hardest thing is when you're starting to, to break 100. But once you break 100, now now we got to get intense. Then I'm breaking if, 80. Well, no. The problem is you can break 100 with some hard work and some basic fundamentals. Once you get past 100 and you're shooting in the 90s, to get into the 80s is hard. And to get uh, into no, the 70s no. is, like, insane. So Once I break 100, it'll be like the, the court coming out of the champagne. It's just going to be overflowing. <laughs> I'm going to be in the 70s in about a month. He's Corey's going to... Corey's going to celebrate like he won something significant when he shot a 98. We're going to be like, there's a 98. And, and I'm going to be the hater demanding the raw footage. 
Yeah, Not because he's the guy took a mulligan. Yeah, yes, he wants this every shot. Of course, I know. 100%. I know. Final two questions, boys, and we're out of here. Let's get to both of them. Brett writes, what is each of your favorite Fourth of July memories with your fathers? Jeff goes last. Oh, Brett. <laughs> um, man, Brett, I guess that's brutal. I, I guess like the ever all the first 33 just when he was alive. You know what I mean? When he was alive and I knew my dad was alive, the first yeah. 33 July 4th were my favorite. There was yeah. one where he used to host these parties at this park. Yeah. And he he shot a firework into Shanna. Like it went sideways. We're sitting on a picnic table 20 feet away. Yeah. It's, on a, it's on a it's on a like a ledge. It should be going straight up. It tips over and shoots right into Shanna and leaves a pretty nasty bruise. That I guess I shouldn't say that's my favorite Did, July 4th memory, but it is a memory. Didn't what, the time you guys went for the cruise in in New York, like wasn't that July 4th or was that? No, New that Year's was Eve? Uh, New Year's Eve 2000. Okay. But the um but yeah, he always like he bought fireworks and stuff. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. he did them at his house. That yeah, and you know the he'd buy the huge ones that were illegal yes, back like, then. You'd have to go to Tennessee yeah. or something. The the widow maker and the the the, yeah. the dad killer, whatever they were called, girlfriend <laughs> maimer, and uh, he'd buy them all and shoot them off. Uh, they were never as good as they looked in the packaging. They never are. Ira, what's yours? Do you have one? You have a nah, big Fourth of July memory? I think the. Me like we used to go to like public parks in, in in Miami. They would do like at the park, Reynolds Park or wherever. Some of these parks they would have the big fireworks, you know. And so he would take us to those things. But he was never a he grew up in New York City, so like yeah. he was never grow like they didn't grow up setting off fireworks. That wasn't something you did. So we never um, he never took part in that with us. Mine is uh, going to Tampa Stadium to see the Rowdies play. And after the Rowdies games, they would have a huge, at the big sombrero, the old sombrero back in the day, they'd have a massive fireworks show after the Rowdies played. And it was 70,000 strong going nuts watching some fireworks. Good time. I thought I thought you would just say two days ago. I called my dad yeah, on the phone, wished him a happy I, fourth. It was fun. I actually I actually talked to my dad this morning, fellas. Had oh, a good, man. long cool. chat with my dad this morning. Yeah. He's excited about football. All right, good. Tell him we said hello. Yeah. Well, I told him I told him you guys were gonna want to have a catch when he got to town. He said he was up for it. <laughs> we're He's still waiting. Perfect. Yeah, still waiting. Kevin writes, "Why do you all three say last season doesn't count? You can't analyze it. Yet you also say this team won three games last season. If last season doesn't count, then this team is coming off of six <laughs> wins and a Sun Bowl appearance. You can't have it both ways." Yeah, that was so, the question I mentioned in the first hour. Oh, that yeah. it's it it's just two separate things. I mean. We're not saying that the season didn't count. The season doesn't count, and it's a reflection on where the program is, 100%. All the all we've said is you can't hold it necessarily against that staff. I mean, there might be some concerns, yeah. but that's not a reflection on. They didn't put that program together. They didn't put the team together, and then they had COVID to deal with. Well, it's not like if they went four and eight this year, then in 2022 we'd be like, guys, 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 let's not yeah. jump to conclusions. We would have plenty of formulated opinions after this season. Uh, last year did count clearly, but it's also like it, it, it's not a referendum yet. It was such a That's bizarre, correct. odd season. It shouldn't count as like a, a referendum. Are we know for sure that these guys can't do do the job? Joshua writes, and this is it, guys. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Warchant.com. When will it happen? I've been listening to you guys forever. It brings an escape to my day. Hang in there, Joshua. You never know. Hang in there. Should happen. Hang in. We'll see. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Great. Uh, for Ira Chappelle and for Corey Clark, I love you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Tell your dad we love him. <laughs> Be well, everybody. Peace. Peace. 
Seminal Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee's sports monster.